0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your presence. Thank You for Your Spirit. And, Lord, I pray that today, uh, Lord, you will speak to us. And, Lord, I I, I want to honor you and I want to please you with these words. And, Lord, I want to, yet even in my own life, live up to these words. Help us to become what you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Check yourself out. Make sure you're not too dusty. Anybody want to just just check? Come on now. Help me out. Check yourself out. Make sure you're not too dusty. All right. And I want to bring you a message. You'll notice I don't have the pulpit. I don't have my iPad. I don't even have notes this morning, which is so rare for me. And I just want to share with you what God did in my heart and and kind of where this came from. And uh, we'll, we'll just kind of go from there. I would tell you it's probably going to be rather short, but I proved myself wrong in the first service. So <clears throat> it's Wednesday night, two weeks ago, two Wednesday nights ago, and I... Uh, I'm down at our South Campus and I usually go on the first Wednesday night of every month to our South Campus. And so I'm down at our South Campus and, and I had missed because of Easter and then Tabernacle, uh, prayer and, and then with camp coming up, I was going to miss for that. And then uh, with uh, the July 3rd, I was going to miss for that. And I said, you know what? I've got to get down to South. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to South tonight. And I shot down to South. And, and I was going to take that seven brides uh, or seven women message that I preached here. And I really feel like it needs to be heard in all of our campuses. And God was going to use it. And it was going to be a great time. And so I was really looking forward to that. And so I get down there. The service starts. And just as the music starts, I get sick. Uh, I, I, a cold sweat, nauseous, just feel like I, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm sick. So I say, uh, to, uh, our campus pastor, I said, Pastor Steve, I need you to unlock the other building. I'm going to have to go out and I may even have to lay down for a second. I don't know what's happening, but, but I, I just got to, I, I need you to do it now. And he's like, okay, you sure you're okay, Pastor? I was like, just give me a minute. I'll be back. So I go in the other building and, and when I get in the other building, the Lord starts dealing with my heart and, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give you the strength and I'm going to preach this message. And I said, no, I want you to preach the thought that I gave you this morning. I was like, well, Lord, I haven't developed the thought yet. He's like, I don't really care. <laughs> preach the thought. And I'm like, Lord, but what if it's only five minutes long? Then what do you need to do? You still need to obey God. And so I went into the other uh, uh, building... Came out with a completely different message. Came in, they had worship, and it's just it was very quick. And then, like, okay, now pastor's going to speak. And so I stood up and, and I began uh, bringing a message. And I am just concluding a study in, in where I've been a privilege to help tear uh, the book of uh, Isaiah apart, studying it in very in depthly. And I've had so much fun doing this. And so I'm now working on some messages. I'm going to call Isaiah's call. And so as we've been preparing for those, I was just like. Interesting, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you saying to us? And here's the first one we're going to go to, Isaiah chapter number 52, beginning in verse number 2, okay? Isaiah chapter number 52, beginning in verse number 2, reads like this, "'Shake yourself from the dust. "'Arise, sit down.'" Interesting. "'Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem.'" Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So this morning when I was preparing for this message, yet even more of it leapt off the page at me. And notice this. Okay, here's something that you need to do. You need to arise so you can sit down. Have you ever been to a church service like that? Sit down. Get up. Sit down. Get up. Sit I can't hear you because I'm out of breath. I feel that way sometimes when I go to certain churches. All right, everybody, get up, sit down. Go ahead, get up, sit down. Raise your hands, turn around, jump up and down. You know what I'm saying? And so why would you tell someone to arise and sit down? And I think this is very important that we need to get and we need to understand what God was saying to us in this passage. Arise, sit down. If I have to arise to sit, then I'm pretty low. If I have to get up so that I can reach the height of a chair, I've fallen pretty low. If I've been living or laying in a place that the Scripture has to say to me, now get up from where you are wallowing or where you are laying so that you can be seated, I've fallen pretty low. Now, I don't know about you, but I understand that passage personally. I know what it means to be seated with Christ. I know what it means to be knowing you're doing what God's called you to do, but I also know what it means to to fall the depths that you can't imagine that you would fall to as a righteous believer because something happened in your life that triggered an event or you stepped into some sin or something caught hold of you and you find yourself wallowing in the dirt. And he said, listen to me, if you find yourself wallowing, if you find yourself fallen, you need to get up and be seated in a better place. Now, how are you going to get up and be seated in a better place? This passage shows me, because you watch this, I have to get up so that I can be set down so that I can break the bondages off of my life. Now, stay with me here. This is important. Because the beginning of this tells me exactly how I get up when I fall into a low place in my life. Are you ready for this? Watch this. The very first word is super important. What does it say? Shake. Shake yourself. Shake yourself from the dust. Shake yourself. If you are tired of staying in the dirt, then you've got to shake yourself and get up. Now watch this This is important. The Hebrew word here that is used for shake is nahar. 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 And I have to say it with that guttural sound. Nahar. And that word that we use here simply uh, to us would translate shake, but in Hebrew it's a much deeper meaning. It's, it, it has a depth that we don't understand that's what's really equipping us to to get up from where we've fallen so that we can be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, Scripture says. So what does that word Nahar mean? It means that, watch this, that I have shaken myself literally as a lion sits up and shakes the dust from its mane that I am like a lion who has rolled in that dusty plain of Africa or that dusty crescent region there, and it has rolled itself in that dust. And you'll watch when the lion sits up. It lifts its head, and it sh- I wish I had a mane to shake. I would have had dust in it this morning. Come on now. Amen. But it shakes itself. And when it shakes itself, something happens. When it shakes itself, the dust that has attached itself to its mane is shaken off of it. Now, this word there, which means this, in order to get up, I have to change my posture. I can no longer be uh, in a fallen condition. I have to make up my mind. I'm not going to lay in this dust anymore and I must change my posture. Change my what? Posture. You see, some of us have a fallen posture. We crawl in that, we wallow in it, we're we're turning in that that dust that we find ourselves in, and we have the wrong posture. And the Word says that I have to get up from that fallen state, and the very first thing it tells me in order to get up that I have to shake myself or change my posture and determine why I'm filled with dust, and I've got to shake myself until the dust can't hold on anymore. This word also is a homophone for the word that we would use, which is, you know, like when, when you something is new or new, it is also a homophone for the word for that growl that happens when a lion goes from a, a lying or seated position and it lunges in a roar. And so this word that we're using here says, I am no longer in a fallen posture, but I have shaken myself and now I have a new Voice of victory that I declare I'm not where I was anymore. I'm getting up. I'm going to become something greater. I don't know if you're with me yet. Please make me think you're with me. Pour a little gas on that thing. Come on now. Amen. You've got to shake yourself, you've got to make up your mind I'm not staying down here anymore. The bondages that pull at your life, the struggles that have come to destroy you, they don't hold you anymore. When you change your posture, you make up your mind. I might have enjoyed resting here and reclining for a season, but I was not created for this. I was created to roar in victory. I was created to run under the power of the Holy Spirit. I was created for something more. And what am I shaking off? The what? The dust. Interesting, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The dust. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then at one point God says, the Bible says, He said, he said let us make man in our image, okay? So this is God saying as a triune of uh, being, He says, let us make man in our image, and that out of the what? The dust. He created the body. And once the body was created out of the what? The the what? Dust. Out of the dust that he then breathed the breath of life into the body. Wow. Shake off your dust. Shake off your flesh. Shake off the thing that reminds you of the fallen flesh. Shake off the flesh and arise. Stop feeding yourself in such a way on the wrong thing so that when you change your posture and you get up, that you're leaving the fallen nature behind. I've got scripture on it. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 47. What does it say here? The first man was of the earth. Who was the first man? Adam. Who was the first man? Adam, made of what? Dust. The second man is the Lord. The second man is Jesus from heaven. The first man was made of dust, made of flesh. The second man was not made of dust. He was from heaven. Watch this now. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Stop right there for a moment. Bear with me for just a moment. So what it's telling me is this. When I find myself in a fallen condition and I'm living in the dust under the ways of the flesh, I've got to make a decision in my life. Am I going to keep being angry? Am I going to keep lying? Am I going to keep stealing? Am I going to keep lusting? Am I going to, come on now, just preach with me. Am I going to do this, this, and this forever? Or will I change my posture and shake myself and arise in victory so that I might be seated with Christ in heavenly places? Amen. Are you with me? Watch this now. Because if I live after the dust, I am still dust. But if I live after the Spirit, watch this. Show, but Pastor Don, you don't understand. I'm all dust. I, that's all I'm made of. Well, what you don't understand is God's trying to speak to you today. Let me give you a point that I made the other night while I was I just when I went down to South and God said, just preach that thought. They just helped me write the sermon with me. But let me let me just stop here for just a minute. Andrew, I want you to stand up right back there. Stand up. So it was just that easy. There was a young man sitting in the far extremity. He was actually on this side, but he was way in the back. And, and Andrew, let me just say, if you discover you're about to walk in the house and you're covered with dust, what are you going to do? You're going to take a shower outside. You're going to shake it off before you go in the house. Because I know your grandmama and your mama, and neither one of them are going to be happy if you come in the house dusty. So what are you going to do? You're going to shake the dust off. You see how simple that illustration is. Thank you. We'll be seated for just a moment. The other day, while I was writing this message, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And I'm, like I said, "I haven't even put it. I'm not, I don't even have notes yet." But I'm writing this message, preaching it to the South, and the Holy Spirit speaking to me the whole time. He said, "Have that young man right over there stand." And the only difference was I didn't know his name, and, and so I had him stand up. And I said, "I said, young man, what what happens uh, on your job? What do you do?" And he said, "He said, well, I, I cut trees for a living." I said, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I said, what happens after you cut several trees? He said, I'm covered in dirt. I said, no, 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 no. You're not working with me now. After you've run the chain saw, come on, after you've run the chain, you're covered in saw dust. He said, yeah, you're right, Pastor. I'm covered in saw dust. I said, what do you do when you're covered in sawdust and it's time to go to lunch? He said, watch this, he said, I have a blower and I blow it off. I said, "Well, that doesn't work for me." Come on now," <laughs> he said. "I have a blower, and I blow it up." I said, "But how many times have you got to the restaurant and realized you still have some dust on you?" I said, "What do you do?" He said, "Well, I I shake it off, Pastor." Come on now," I said. "Well, look how good God is." God told me to call on you and ask you now. And as I called on Him and asked Him, He had a perfect illustration in His job. I didn't even know His name at that point. I didn't know uh, what He did for a living. I'd only met Him a couple of times, and so I, I said to Him, "I said, God told me to call on you." And you are the perfect example because not only did you just show me what I wanted to see, but you also showed me something I needed to see. Because if you'll remember that the Bible says that he made man out of the what? dust. And then he did what? He breathed the life of the spirit inside of him. You see, you might not have what it takes to change who you are, but the spirit of the living God is inside of you and he will blow all of the dust off of your life if you let him. Amen. Am I making sense to anybody today? Oh my goodness. And as we have... Born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Oh, open your Bibles. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis, am I preaching truth? It's time to arise so you can be seated in better places. Hmm. See, most of us think we're going to arrive and have to keep fighting. Now, Jesus said, I want you to arise so you can learn to have places of comfort in the process. Oh, I feel Jesus. Arise. Sit down. When it comes to the end of the sermon, I say, get up. You're going to be afraid I'm going to say, sit down. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 14. This is super important. Watch this. The dust is the flesh, right? What did the enemy do to Eve? He manipulated her in her flesh. She got her to follow her flesh, her dust. Watch this. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have manipulated her flesh, and this is because you've done this, I'm helping you there, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more Then every beast of the field, watch this now, and on your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Oh, my goodness. He said, you shall have an appetite for the thing that you manipulated. He said, you're going to crave dust. You're going to be a dust eater. And I fear that's our problem. Some of us have developed an appetite for dust. But watch this. This is so important. Have I said that like 50 times today? You need this. The enemy has an appetite for dust. And some of you are wondering why you can't get the devil off your back. It's because he eats the dust of your life you see whatever we withhold from god becomes food for the serpent whatever sin you hold on to allows the enemy to invade your life whatever bitterness or wrath or 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 or, or Partnering with the spirit of sin in your life, it allows the enemy to have the food that he craves. The enemy will always crave dust. You see, the devil's dining room is an unrepentant flesh nature. The devil feeds on flesh that runs rampant. The devil feeds on minds that are not yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching truth. He will never be satisfied as long as he lives. Isaiah 65, 20, uh, 25 wasn't in my notes. They don't have it for you on the screen. God just revealed this to me this this morning. Uh, I was studying it the other day, but He brought it back to my mind this morning. Isaiah sixty-five, verse number twenty-five reads like this: "says that in the new creation, in the new heaven and the new earth, uh, says that the wolf and the, you shall you remember this. We put it in nursery uh, that the 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 wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Remember that the lion shall eat straw like an ox and dust." shall be the serpent's food. Even on the other side of Armageddon, dust will still exist for a season. And the enemy's appetite will never be satiated. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think you realize how large snakes can grow, how, how massive they can become if they have a, a stable source of diet. Uh, I was in uh, uh, the, on the Amazon River one time, and as I was going up the Amazon River, we, we docked on the shore, and there's a little village, and many people had, had, had ridden in small dugout trees for, for days to hear, hear, hear me preach that evening. And, and I, as I was going in to preach, I noticed some children playing near the water, and I I found it interesting with all the things in that water. And, and they said, yes, those two children are orphans. And I said, well, what's going on? And they said, well, the village is kind of helping right now until the family can be located. But, but they were to that house. And it was the closest house to the river. And I said, yes. They said they were in that house with their, their mother and an anaconda came in the middle of the night and took her. You see, that enemy feeds. Something I've never seen before, and it may not interest you as much as it it just shook my life. Something I've never seen before. When you keep feeding a serpent, it keeps growing. All the way to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, to where the serpent has become now a dragon. Consume the flesh of mankind. Oh, wow. You see, if I want yield, and I want to rise, I stay dusty and the enemy has a right to thrive in my world. But when I shake myself, I change my posture. I change my declaration. I told you it's a roar of victory. I'm come. i I'm telling you, I remember when that lion lunged at me right here on this stage. And I lunged forward in victory and determined I'm not going back there anymore. Now watch this then I'm headed to a better place in Christ. I'm not saying you'll ever make it on your own. I'm saying without Jesus, you'll never make it at all. I want to tell you this story as I close today. So you remember the story I told you about how, how that I, I got sick just at the start of service? And then how I asked a young man to stand? Well, let me fill that the blanks in there for you just a moment. So I'm at South, the start, the first note hits, I'm overwhelmingly sick, I leave the building, and, and, and at the exact moment that I got sick, that young man that I had stand up, do it for me one more time, Andrew, just stand up right back there. That's simple, I mean, that was, I didn't know this, I just felt led to have him stand, thank you. All right, sit up, get down, no, just like <laughs> But that young man, at the moment I got sick, had walked into the prayer room for the very first time. A spirit-filled pastor's grandson had never walked into our prayer room before. At that exact moment that I got sick, he walked in the prayer room, closed the door, I left the building. At, at the moment I get to the other side of the building, he, he's calling out to God. He's praying. And these were his words. He was blown away by this. He said, I can't believe when he called Pastor Steve, he said, I can't believe Pastor Don asked me to stand. He said, because this is what I did. He said, I went to the prayer room first time. He said, I walked into the prayer room and I said, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Why don't you go ahead and stand and reverence the Holy Spirit this morning? He said, God, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything I can try. Now this was his prayer, not mine. He said, I've tried everything I can try. And this is about the time he's praying this. I'm in the other building and God says, you're not going to preach seven women. You're going to preach, you're going to preach the shake off the dust. And I was like, Oh, well, okay. And so he says these words. He said, God, I can't stop smoking. He said, I've tried everything I can to quit smoking. And he said, God, I give up. Watch what he said. Will you shake it off of me? At that moment, God changed my message. And I went in and I had the young man who had said, God, show me how to get free. Stand up. And I taught the church based off of him. This is how God wants to set you free. Come on now, give God a praise. It's time for your Nahar moment to occur. To change your posture. To stop carrying the same sins. And let God make you new. To get up. So that you may be seated in better places in Christ. Pastor Don, why would I get up to sit down? Because we have been called to a rest in Christ. We don't have to convince him to love us. He loves us. But we cannot live in the pit of sin and think we will come out unscathed. Shake yourself. So, I guess my question is today is uh, where are you dusty? What dust needs to be blown from your life? What needs to go? So that you can change your voice from a voice of defeat into a roar of victory. Oh, that the church would arise. How many of you would say with me today, Pastor, there's some dust in my life that needs to go? Oh, and 98% of this congregation. Dog your head too.